you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. NFL Explained is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Welcome to NFL Explained, a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. America's most reliable network is going ultra with Verizon 5G ultra wideband in more and more places. With up to 10 times faster speeds, you can download a movie in mere minutes. What? Yes. Verizon is going ultra, so you can too. 5G ultra wideband available in select areas, most reliable based on rankings from the Root Metrics U.S. Root Score Report dated first half 2021. Excluding C-band and not specific to 5G networks, your results may vary. Not an endorsement. Speed comparison to median Verizon 4G LTE speeds downloads vary based on network conditions and 5G content optimization. Upwork is the world's work marketplace. Empower your business and hire the world's most in-demand developers, designers, project managers, and more at www.upwork.com. Antonio Brown, look at him go. Gets by McAfee. He almost figures. Touchdown. Oh, my God. Well, that'll draw a flag. Unfortunately, my conduct by the return team, number 84, using the goalpost as a prop. Four hundred and twenty-five pounds on the football field, and no, I am not talking about a player. Welcome to NFL Explained. It's the podcast where we answer your questions on topics where you just weren't exactly sure who to turn to for those answers. I'm Mike Am, along with Aditi Kinkabwala. Aditi, what's good today? What's great is goalposts. People are pausing, saying goalposts today. Let me just tell you this: when the texts are fast and furious from Aditi, and she's dropping emojis. <laughs> I realized that her excitement on today's podcast is through the roof. Initially, Didi, I said, oh, how many questions are there around goalposts? Like, they're there, we see them, they function as basically markers on the football field and help us score points. There's actually a lot more to it that I didn't even realize. Well, but that's the point here, Mike, right? You cannot play a game without goalposts. You can't mimic the goalposts with a cone. I mean, that doesn't quite do it. And if you stop to think about it, 
There's a million questions. Why are they yellow? Why are the uprights 35 feet in the air? How often do you have to replace these things? Does somebody paint them? I mean, what happens if water gets inside a goalpost? What happens when Antonio Brown does a crazy celebration against a goalpost or Jimmy Graham decides to dunk a football, a fake football or a real football? Was it a real football that he dunked on the goalpost? Real, but it actually is a dunk because of the height of it, which is another thing that I had learned. But look, we don't have all the answers on this particular subject. So we actually had to go to some of the experts a little bit later in the show. Ravens kicker Justin Tucker is going to be joining us. He has the most incredible story about a field goal that had Bill Belichick absolutely go nuclear and led to a major change in the sport. So Justin's going to be joining us a little bit later in the show. And Aditi, I can't help but think back to that Monday night matchup that we just saw classic game with the Raiders in Las Vegas and the near game winner. I mean, it almost was a game winner. And of course that game goes overtime and Baltimore loses, but I couldn't help but think of the conversation we are going to have with Justin and just watching that thing go through the upright. So pure. Yeah. And if that had held Mike, that would have been his 17th game winning field goal. But I guess number 17, will just have to come later on in the year. It'll happen. And as far as, can I call the other guy that you talked to, like the guru of goalposts? Well, I think he is. I mean, I call the guy who's been making goalposts for the NFL since the early 1980s, whose family has been in the business of making football equipment since the 1920s. Neil Gilman out of Gilman, Connecticut, gave me so much good information. And listen to this, Mike. We were on the phone for an hour and 15 minutes. Whoa. There is a lot to learn about goalposts. So let's just get into the basics, right? I think it's a good way to start because I think a lot of ways you have to understand the evolution of goalposts because they're always haven't looked the way that they look right now. And just for context, the measurements are actually really important and vital. Those uprights, Adid, you made reference to it. They extend 35 feet above the crossbar. They're no less than three inches and no more than four inches in diameter. And I think all of us sort of take a look at those colored ribbons at the top of each post to understand how windy it is. It's the first thing I do every Sunday. to figure out which way the winds are swirling. Those things, they're four inches by 42 inches. I never would have imagined that they're as long as they are. The crossbar is 18 feet, six inches in length, and the top of the face of it is 10 feet above the ground, which is why when you say someone's dunking, that's also the height of a regulation NBA rim, so they really do mean it. But the history, Aditi, behind this stuff is... It's really fascinating. Wait, wait, wait. One more part, though, Mike. Yeah. And that's the gooseneck. The gooseneck is the actual post that attaches that U. I'm sort of making letters with my fingers here. That attaches the U into the ground. It goes into a concrete footing. And we are going to be referencing that gooseneck. It's the thing that, you know, Antonio Brown kind of did something profane against at one point. It's the thing that has padding. Didn't say, did Joe Horn hide a cell phone, phone. inside a... Yeah, he had the phone. Yes, yeah, so Sharpie. Was the Sharpie hidden in there once too? Uh, I thought the Sharpie was out of the sock. Okay, I'm sorry. Bad reference right there. But the gooseneck, it is a vital part of the goalpost. It is, and I'm glad you made reference to that as it'll continue to pop up because even that gooseneck wasn't actually there at the start. And the history behind it, you got to go back to 1920, the NFL's first season. The goalposts were actually located on the goal line and they look like the letter H. So you actually had two posts that were sticking into the ground. That changed in 1927 when the NCAA moved them back to the end line. And in those days, the NFL actually just followed the college rule books. So the league basically just mimicked what they were doing. But Aditi, that change resulted in a reduction of field goals and tied games. 
who the hell wants a tied game? No one does. And the league said, we definitely don't want this. So they created their own rule book in 1933. They moved the goalposts back to the goal line. Not surprisingly, the field goals increased twofold and the number of tied games way down, which is certainly big time for fans that like results. Not much changed, Aditi, for 33 years until 1966. The NFL goes, you know what? Let's move those goalposts. They should be offset from the goal line. And they're actually painted bright yellow. And those uprights are sitting at 20 feet above the crossbar. Do you know why they were painted yellow? Uh, I would imagine just from a visual standpoint with TV, maybe. That's right, because the NFL started having greater interest in playing games at night. And the yellow showed up much better than the white did in a dark sky. But you know how they came up with yellow as opposed to like neon pink? I was just going to ask, why yellow as opposed to just any sort of neon color that you could have chosen? Well, neon is a key here because the NFL did actually really want a neon color. And they went to a company in Cleveland called Dayglow and said, "Okay, show us all your colors. And the pink was, you know, bright and pink. The orange was really a nice Dayglow orange. But the problem with orange for the NFL is that that was the Browns color. And it was also the Bengals color. And the NFL wanted a color that no team was using. And so nobody is using Saturn yellow. But here, let me give you something else about the color. And this is what Neil Gilman of Gilman Gear told me, is that initially this Saturn yellow paint had to be bought from Dayglow in Cleveland. And what teams would have to do or what Gilman Gear or whatever goalpost manufacturers would have to do is paint all the aluminum posts with a white primer. Then they would paint them the Saturn yellow and then they would do a third coat of clear lacquer, which was supposed to seal it. But what happens in the sun? Things sort of melt and chip away. and They fade. Remember when we talked about faded uniforms and the Arizona Cardinals? And if you don't remember, then you need to go listen to one of our first episodes. But anyway, the paint would fade. And Neil Gilman told me that every year he'd get a call from some groundskeeper somewhere saying, I have an ugly set of goalposts. So then it was actually Neil Gilman who figured out, let me take a chip from one of these goalposts to Sherwin-Williams. And he asked them, can you color match this in a powder coating? So now all of the goalposts have a powder coating, which means that they are baked on, they do not fade, they are not supposed to chip. And if you are replacing a goalpost, it is not because the color has faded, it's for another reason, which of course we will get into. Sherwin-Williams coming up big for us. I love it. So actually, it sounds like, I shouldn't say it sounds like, it really is reality. 1966, a huge year for the NFL as it pertains to goalposts. But uh, Didi, that next year, 1967, the league actually made the decision to require the slingshot type of posts as opposed to the letter H one that was back in the day that actually had two posts sticking into the ground because it was the letter H. The league was a little more concerned about safety and you can understand with an extra post sitting at that goal line, like that becomes a little bit of an issue. But then in 1974, the league, they make the push, they take the goal post and they move them back to that end line. And that change was made to encourage offenses to score more touchdowns as opposed to field goals, right? We all like TD as opposed to the FG. And it worked in a big way. And Aditi, maybe the most important thing about all this, it eliminated the most heart-wrenching moments you can have in the game of football like this one from Super Bowl Seven. Second down, seven to go. The Redskins just short of the 10-yard line. Earlier in this half, they reached the 17. This has been their deepest penetration of the game. Gummer into the end zone, and it hit the goalpost. 
Gary Smith, the tight end, looked like he was open, cutting behind the goalpost, deep in the end zone. I know I'm not the only one thinking it, Aditi. I have a topic for one of our next episodes, the evolution of play-by-play broadcasters. Can you imagine a Super Bowl game? This is Super Bowl Seven. It's the fourth quarter. You got Billy Kilmer, the Washington quarterback. He misses, and it's sort of mentioned there, but a wide-open Jerry Smith in the end zone. The ball actually bounces off of the post. The Dolphins win that game 14-7. to So uh, where's the excitement there? I, Aditi, we have to do... <laughs> an evolution of play-by-play voices for the NFL. I feel like you've got a little more excitement right now than was felt in that moment. Right? I, Marty Glickman is is going like, what? someone needs to get coached up here in a big way. <laughs> I, look, it's fascinating here because once you make the move, Aditi, and you move those goalposts back to that end line, uh, former Browns coach Paul Brown, and we actually chronicled that story in one of our last episodes, but he told Sports Illustrated in 1972, the whole end zone, is open for pass patterns now. The goalposts were, in effect, another safety man. When you get inside the 20, you couldn't run or pass around them. It was hard to punt or pass coming out of the end zone. I mean, this is a pivotal moment for the NFL, just that one change. And maybe we're talking about a different result in Super Bowl number seven. But the only other thing I want to add here, Didi, because I know I did it when I was a kid. You're playing football. Can you just imagine this? You're a wide receiver. You're running a crossing route. You actually could grab the pole spin around quickly and go in the opposite direction. I mean, like that was like an actual thing. Can you imagine seeing that now in the modern day NFL game? It would be sort of comical because the guys are so damn fast and they cut so well. But that was happening back in the day in the NFL. Well, I think that this is, again, Justin Tucker will talk to us later about a decision that he thinks was a no-brainer. I think moving the goalposts back is one of those no-brainers for sure. It is, but Aditi, the conversation that you had that led to some of these most incredible stories around goalposts. And yes, they are incredible. Do do you want to tease one of them here? Because you had the conversation. I don't even know what the most teasable thing is because I will be hearing all of these stories for the first time when we do it. Kickers are a very special breed. One of my favorite stories that Neil Gilman told me was about Chip Lowmiller. Chip Lowmiller was a kicker. He was a kicker for the Rams in 1996. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 
Olympics when they had freshly moved from L.A. to St. Louis. Chip Miller went out to the stadium to these brand new goalposts. And he said to the grounds crew, mm, something's wrong with this cross bar. And the grounds crew said, ah, ah, ah. he said, no, 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 something's wrong with this crossbar. The grounds crew brought out a tape measure. And guess what? The crossbar was one inch short. Wow. According to what Neil Gilman told me. So, hey, you can always trust a kicker's eyes. Spatial awareness. I don't know how else to describe that. That is absolutely amazing. That one inch when it's 10 feet up, that's something that you would be able to pick out with just your naked eye. That is an unbelievable story. And there's more of those coming up next here on NFL Explained. Build the team that will build your business. With Upwork, you can find top developers, designers, project managers, and more who can start today so your business can succeed tomorrow. Hire at home or in 180 countries around the world to find the right talent for whatever your business needs. Upwork, the world's work marketplace. Learn more at www.upwork.com. America's most reliable network is going ultra with Verizon 5G ultra wideband in more and more places so you can do more. With up to 10 times faster speeds, you can download a movie in mere minutes. What? Yes, that's faster than your morning coffee run. Lights, camera, coffee. And while you're at it, go on and download a whole series in minutes or a new song in seconds. A one, a two, a one, two. Oh, it's done? Stock up on all that entertainment and sure, you can download work files faster too if you have to. So you can quickly get back to all these great movies, shows, and songs you've just gotten your hands on. Verizon 5G Ultra Wideband is now in more and more places. Verizon is going ultra, so you can too. 5G Ultra Wideband available in select areas. Most reliable based on rankings from the RootMetrics U.S. Root Score Report dated first half 2021. Excluding C-band and not specific to 5G networks, your results may vary. Not an endorsement. Speed comparison to median Verizon 4G LTE speeds. Downloads vary based on network conditions and 5G content optimization. William Moore dragged into the end zone by Jimmy Graham on the touchdown strike of 44 yards. Well, Jimmy Graham all fired up in the end zone. and He does his usual dunk, but it was like that time he was kind of hanging on the rim. I really <laughs> thought the goalposts were going to come down. Looked like it. I mean, doesn't it look like they're a little cockeyed to you right now? You know they may. Welcome back to NFL Explained. Mike Am and Adida Kinkabwala with you. Coming up in just a couple minutes, Ravens kicker. He's a Super Bowl champion. Justin Tucker is going to be stopping by. An awesome conversation with him. But I now officially have an expert on all things goalposts. I think, Aditi, when you spend an hour and 15 minutes on the phone with the guru of goalposts, you're going to be able to drop some significant knowledge. Is there one thing, before we get into some of the details, one thing from your conversation with Neil Gilman from Gilman Gear that stood out to you the most? Just how passionate he was about it. So the Gilman family had a textile mill in the town of Gilman, Connecticut, back in the 1890s. So Neil Gilman's grandparents were running this textile mill. And then his dad, Marty, was playing football at UConn. He was an offensive lineman. And this is in the 1920s. And Neil tells me that, you know, in the 1920s, when you're playing football, what do you use as a tackling dummy? You use your teammates. You know, there's no blocking dummy. There's nothing like that. So his dad, his really smart dad, one day comes home to his parents' textile mill and he grabs this big canvas bag and he starts stuffing it with these byproducts from the mill. He asks his parents to sew it back up and it's a blocking dummy. 
So he takes it to his coach and he says, hey, coach, I don't want to hit anybody. I don't want anybody to hit me while we're practicing. I'm just going to hit this. And the coach says to him, that's wonderful. Can you make me six more? So then (laughs) Marty Gilman finishes playing football, graduates at UConn, goes home to work at the textile mill, and he creates a whole new sideline, which is football training equipment. And... You know, he said this is his calling in life. He went on to invent the blocking and the tackling sled, the pop-up dummy, all of that. Then his son, Neil, goes on to be a football player at Harvard. He was a defensive back, not quite as big as his dad, I guess. And then he graduated and he joined the company in 1977. And I think I said this earlier, his family's been making goalposts for the NFL since the early 1980s. At one point, Gilman Gear made... 24 of the 31 NFL stadiums goalposts. Neil Gilman is the guy that came up with the idea of putting a hinge on a goalpost. Surely you remember, Mike, like back in the 1980s when fans would rush the field. You're oh, a Pac-12 yeah. guy. Where I oh, mean, yeah. wasn't that a big deal at Stanford? Didn't that happen uh, a lot? Yeah. Uh, no, you got the, well, the game, obviously, between right. Colin Shivers, the certainly the, the, the big field. one, the bands on of the field, the bands on the field, uh, <laughs> which is a very different call that we heard earlier in the podcast with a an incomplete pass that hit the goalpost. Right. So you have all these students rushing the field and they're trying to take the goalpost down. And as Neil Gilman says it to me, well, you know what? If we take away the reason to take the goalpost down, which is creating a hinge so that the grounds crew can come out and immediately sort of topple the uprights, well, then maybe people won't be trying to attack goalposts. And then a few years later, George Wiley, who was a retired Pasadena police officer who had turned into an inventor, went one step further and he devised a mechanism that uses hydraulics to actually bring the goalpost down. And he can do it in less than 10 seconds. And so that way you don't even need the two grounds crew guys to pull it down. And one notable thing, though, pay attention to this when you watch this season, Mike. Those hydraulics make the gooseneck that much bigger to get that system attached Mm. to the gooseneck. So the pads around the goosenecks in San Francisco and Foxborough are much thicker than any place else. And two stadiums in the NFL, San Francisco and New England, both have this hydraulic system to their goalposts. So uh, note to Patriots fans and 49ers fans, don't rush the field. It just won't work. Uh, They don't want anyone rushing the field. Safety, safety for everyone involved. But how often are these things even replaced? Like, I would imagine you got like this 425 pounds goalpost. You stick that bad boy into the ground like you're good for decades. Well, you should be good for about 20 years, right? They're made of aluminum. The reason that they are made of aluminum is so that they don't rust, so that they're, you know, somewhat lightweight, such that people can actually put them up. You don't need a crane to take them up and down, which you would with steel. (laughs) Lightweight, 425 pounds. (laughs) I mean, relatively speaking, as compared to steel, which would require so much more rebar and things that I don't necessarily know so much about. But in any case, they are made of aluminum. They don't rust. Now that we know that they're powder coated, they shouldn't really fade in color. But, you know, natural disasters happen. And apparently in a place like Miami, where there are a lot of hurricanes, those uprights need to be replaced fairly frequently. And in a place like Buffalo, where there is indeed bad weather and where, you know, the lake effect snow can do some weird things, helped create one of the improvements in goalposts. And that, again, this is courtesy of Neil Gilman telling me this story. Once there was so much snow, moisture got inside the uprights, and then the uprights started shaking, vibrating, almost like a tuning fork. 
And so wow. Neil Gilman says that the groundskeeper there called him and said, oh, my gosh, the goalpost is vibrating like a tuning fork. And they figured out what had happened is that moisture had gotten inside the upright and it would expand and detract, expand, detract. That's what was making it vibrate. So now goalposts all have a weak hole inside the gooseneck, you know, that part that goes into the ground so that any moisture that gets in can actually bleed out. So in theory, a goalpost should indeed last for 20 years. A goalpost should be able to withstand 70 mile per hour winds. And because it is in four parts, the two uprights are the parts that are replaced the most frequently. So I'm actually glad that you brought up the winds because I looked this up because I had seen some numbers that indicated anywhere from like 75 to 100 miles an hour is what those goalposts should be able to withstand. So I'm like, well, what happens if a tornado comes through? Does that thing going to rip down one of those goalposts? I didn't even realize there were different categories of tornadoes. There's F1, F2, three, four, and five. The low end one is the F1. And that just kind of peels roofs off of, you know, some homes, maybe just like not completely off, but can move some cars slightly on the road. And F1, a moderate tornado is roughly 73 to 112 miles per hour. So goalposts should be okay. Once you get to F2 and greater, Aditi, there's a pretty good chance you're not going to see that thing stuck in the ground. Okay, so that's making me think of two things. One, have you previously worked at the Weather Channel? No, I would be awful at that. Anything green screen, like I can't even sometimes when I do new shifts for NFL Network and I have to straighten my tie and I'm looking at my monitor view, I'm always going in the wrong direction. So I would be the world's worst (laughs) weather person. But I was sort of fascinated by it. Never saw it. I mean, that's very fair. And yeah. now we know that you're not aiming for Jim Cantori's job where someone no. has to hold on to your leg and you stand in. I'm very content being a co-host of NFL Explained with you, which leads me to my other question about goalposts. If they're not getting replaced all that often, I would imagine the signi- like just even moving something that large logistically is, you know, it's not like, you know, I can order one of these things on Prime and next day it's there ready to go. There's got to be some nuance here. Well, for sure. And there's two pieces to this. You talk about weather. So in general, the way that Gilman Gear does it is that they have the parts, they have aluminum always there. And if they needed to, if they had all the ingredients, as Neil Gilman put it to me, then they could indeed make a goalpost in about three days. And of course, you have a lot of experts working on it. You have your welders, you have your roll benders, and the secret sauce and all of this, of course, is the bending because... You have to make sure that you have the perfect contours inside the pipe and that everything is at the exact right angle. And as we talked about earlier, your inches, your measurements better all be perfect. You mentioned weather. So Neil Gilman actually said that the quickest he had to turn around a goalpost was when Hurricane Katrina devastated New Orleans. And as we all know, the Superdome was turned into an evacuation shelter. The Saints had moved to San Antonio. And then when New Orleans was coming back for that very first game of the 2006 season, for whatever reason, nobody realized that the goalposts weren't necessarily in pristine shape. And this is how important they are. It really mattered to the NFL that everything looked as beautiful as possible. And so there was this big rush to get the Superdome ready. 
And at the time, the NFL wanted new goalposts, shiny new goalposts. And Neil Gilman said he got a call from a vice president there. He was told, we don't care what it costs, but we need you to express it. And so fortunately, they had the parts in three days. They put it together. And yes, they did indeed need a very, very special trough. But once Neil Gilman had to send goalposts to Australia for an NFL game there, that was a little bit different. That was sort of an immovable... What do I call it? It was like it was mounted on a steel plate, like a roll away goalpost. You know how you have like a roll away basketball hoop in your driveway? Sure, sure. They made a goalpost like that. They shipped it via air freight. And Neil Gilman wow. actually said, I think we left them there. He has no idea where they are now. They also air freighted the first goalpost to London. The first game that was at Wembley Stadium in London. Gilman Gear did that. And uh, Neil Gilman said he actually went out there just to make sure that they were set up correctly. But, you know, when you talk about replacing goalposts, part of why we are going to talk to Justin Tucker is that Justin Tucker forced the replacement of every single upright in the NFL. You do know this, right? Oh, I'm aware. And we're going to relive the moment that sparked all of that when he joins us in a couple of minutes. But you're kind of touching on this, right? You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. So 30 feet to then five more, that's got to be a real hassle to add those extra feet across the board around the NFL. So really quickly, let's tell everybody the story so that Justin doesn't have to waste his time telling us exactly this. It's a Ravens-Patriots game, 2012 season, and he kicks not one of his prettiest kicks, and the ball goes so high that there seems to be some sort of question as it's over the upright, whether it would have been inside the upright if it extended or if it was wide. Now, Patriots coach Bill Belichick, you know what he thought. He thought it was wide. And as you said earlier, he lost his mind over it. So Bill Belichick and the Patriots proposed a rule change. And they said, instead of 30-foot uprights, let's make them 40. He wanted them 10 feet higher. So the NFL called Neil Gilman and said, can we do this? And Mike, do you know what the answer was? Uh, clearly no. 
<laughs> well, the answer was we could, but it would cost way more money because the way that the gooseneck is in the ground, the weight that the crossbar can support, you could only go up five additional feet. If you wanted to replace the entire field goal and dig new holes and put in more concrete and whatever that whole process of creating a post is, then sure, you could go 40 feet. But if you wanted to leave the gooseneck and leave the crossbar and just replace the uprights, then the engineer said you could only go up five feet, five feet more from the original 30. So that was the compromise. Five feet it is. Uh, We're all about the Benjamins, right? So the Tucker rule officially kind of in place. And we'll actually hear more about this from Justin Tucker. So I'm going to classify it as a wardrobe malfunction, kind of, that changed the course of history. Only a few people know this story until now. So a Super Bowl champion, the Ravens kicker, Tucker's going to be joining us. He'll explain what happened in what is arguably one of the most iconic kicks in NFL history. This podcast is sponsored by Kindrel. Kindrel designs, builds, manages, and modernizes the mission-critical technology systems that the world depends on every day. Working side-by-side with their customers, they imagine things differently. By forging new strategic partnerships, they unlock new possibilities, creating a world powered by healthy digital systems alive with opportunity, oxygen to innovation, and energy to change the world. Kindrel, the heart of progress. Kindrel designs, builds, manages, and modernizes the mission-critical technology systems that the world depends on every day. Working side-by-side with their customers, they imagine things differently. By forging new strategic partnerships, they unlock new possibilities, creating a world powered by healthy digital systems alive with opportunity, oxygen to innovation, and energy to change the world. Kindrel, the heart of progress. Justin Tucker for the win. Whoa, baby! Just good! And the Patriots are saying no! Wilford can't believe it! Wilford took his helmet off and went screaming right for the official. This one goes high over the upright and was really close. Well, I'll tell you what, the uprights extend through the heavens. So if you kick it over the top of it, it's good. Oh! One of those magical moments in football, especially if you were a Ravens fan, to hear the call from that 2012, that game-winning field goal against the Patriots, the Super Bowl champion, a four-time Pro Bowler, the Ravens kicker, Justin Tucker, who put it through the, sort of through the uprights. (laughs) He joins us right now. Justin, appreciate you giving us some time, man. You tell me, I don't know if you remember the details of all your kicks. That one, to me, sort of stands out. But what do you remember from that ball game and and certainly those final moments? It definitely went through, first and foremost. Uh, hey man, like if the, if one of the worst kicks of my career was a game winner on Sunday night football, I'll totally just have to settle with that. That's okay. But, uh, that one in particular was definitely like a funny kick came off my foot a little awkwardly. A lot of people don't know this, but on my drive step with my right foot to, you know, jump into the ball, my shoe like split in half, like the sole split off the bottom of the shoe. So it was just kind of like dangling there. And I think that might have made my uh, foot position at ball contact just a little bit more awkward, thus sending the ball right from where I was aiming it. But I mean, here's the thing. Only two people in the world know exactly where that ball went because we had like the best vantage point and that Sam Cook, who was holding the ball and myself, 
And the TV copy makes it look like that ball went over the upright or almost even wide. But I can assure you it was good by about six inches, which is way below our standard. You know, we want to split everything right down the middle. But I can assure you that that kick was, in fact, through the uprights. Justin, in is in, first of all. Second of all, I really hope you got a new shoe deal out of that or at least have a new shoemaker. (laughs) No, uh, I don't want to uh, disparage the manufacturers of the shoes because, you know, it was just a fluky incident. But we're all set. I appreciate the guys putting those swooshes on my feet. <laughs> right. Well, and there's a plug right there. Even though, I, even though I don't actually have a formal deal with them, you know, but like maybe you guys can help me uh, broker a deal with those guys in Oregon. We will do this. We will make sure that they download <laughs> this episode. We look, know some look, people who know some people. Takeaway, <laughs> right. The whole takeaway <laughs> from all of this, though, Justin, is that you got so under Bill Belichick's skin that he wanted to rip up the way kicking has been measured for decades. What is the feeling knowing that you compelled a major rule change? I think it was about time, you know, to be perfectly honest, he's absolutely right that the goalposts needed to be extended higher just due to the nature of the evolution of kicking over time. I mean, guys are hitting the ball with more force and more height and guys are just continuing to get better and better. So, I mean, it was only a matter of time until something needed to be done. But to me, it makes all the sense. The whole idea of the uprights extending into the heavens, and if a ball goes over the upright, it's considered good. And it makes sense, but if you can just kind of take a little bit of the guesswork out of it for the officials, then might as well make that change. Yeah. Justin, you know, you, you strike me as a technical kicker, someone who knows every single minute detail with your craft. The goalpost in particular, you know, I've heard other athletes in other sports talk about equipment. They're manufactured. They're all supposed to be identical. Is that your read on goalposts when you go to the various stadiums? We definitely emphasize being detail-oriented here when it comes to, you know, making kicks. Every little thing does matter. Nothing is inconsequential as far as we're concerned. At the same time, the field is 100 yards long and it's 53 and a third or whatever the number is yards wide. And the hash marks are always where they are. You pick a target line in between those uprights based on the wind, based on the field conditions, and then you aim at that target point as central as possible. The uprights just kind of happen to be there. And granted, they are important because you have to hit the ball through them to get credit for anything that you're doing out there if you're a kicker. I mean, that's one of the things I love about my job description. It's so black and white. You know, the kicks are either good or they're not. And obviously, the goalposts are a determining factor. But uh, I'd rather be less familiar with the goalposts than more because if you get to know the goalposts too well, then, you know, you're doinking balls off of them and that's no fun for anybody. I mean, that's a very, very fair point. And it's funny because I've actually talked to some kickers who can tell if the crossbar is an inch too short or if the upright (laughs) leans in a little bit. But having said that, I mean, are there any stadiums where the goalposts are kind of the wonkiest, where it does feel like the wind shakes the uprights too much or you have become too familiar with the uprights? I mean, I want to say league-wide, they are the same. You know, and they have to be, right? I mean... Um, I don't know. Maybe you guys are bringing up some points. Maybe I'm going to have to you know, study the structural integrity of the uprights every time I go to a new stadium. But uh, I, Justin, I don't know. In Cleveland, it looks like those uprights shake a lot. <laughs> well, they do because, you know, it's December. It's the AFC North. I mean, the wind is whipping around anywhere we happen to play. I feel like anytime I happen to take the field, it, it can be at, like it can be 
today at practice an hour ago. It, it can be totally calm and still the whole practice. And then as soon as you know, the field goal unit is called onto the field, those little flags at the top of the uprights, all of a sudden they just start moving around and it's like clockwork every single time. But, uh, but at the end of the day, you know, we're still aiming in the center of the uprights, even if they are being jostled around by the wind. Justin, you're not territorial with the goalposts, are you? Like if someone happens to be celebrating near your goalpost <laughs> or maybe just doing a little bit of dunk celebration, Absolutely. that doesn't irk you, does it? Absolutely not. Okay. That is not a thought that has ever crossed my mind. They're just a part of the field. I'm glad that they continue to be a part of the field. You know, you got some uh, TV analysts that say they want to rip them down and take kickers out of football. So, you know, maybe from that standpoint, I'll be territorial of the uh, upright, not from uh, opposing players dunking over the goalposts, but sports media members who want to figuratively take them down. Well, what did you think last year? Surely you saw this, right? When Oklahoma State threw up on its video board yellow bars when the Texas kicker was kicking? (laughs) Uh, It's low-key a savage move. I I kind of love it, though. Um, (laughs) Really? (laughs) I love it from, like, the competitive standpoint. Like, is it ethical? Probably not. I mean, like, it's already tough enough to make kicks as it is. Like, why are we going to throw up some additional uprights? I don't think it's... I mean, who knows? Maybe it is legal. Um, It's just not, like, the right thing to do. (laughs) I mean, you want guys to do well. You know, you don't want to, like, just outwardly root against them, you know, and, you know, like, like, just let the players and the coaches settle it out on the field. You don't need the video department in the booth throwing anything into the mix that doesn't need to be there. Mike, you can totally see Justin calling up the M&T video board operator after this, right? No like, doubt. Hey, add this no to your doubt. arsenal. Oh, we would. Hey, we would. <laughs> not, we would never. It's tough enough to make kicks in our stadium for, for anybody else. You know, like like hey, like I said, let the players and the coaches no just settle it on the field. What about that? Which is the toughest stadium in the NFL to kick in, in your mind? I've said this before. I do believe our stadium is the toughest place to make kicks in the National Football League. I don't know if you guys know, but like the way the schedule is kind of constructed year in and year out. If you play with one team for eight consecutive years, you will complete your 32 stadium tour of the NFL. Like you will play in every single stadium. Now, granted, a couple get built here and there or a team may, you know, relocate. So at this point, the only stadium I have not kicked in is SoFi Stadium out in LA, but I've been very fortunate to kick in every single stadium that the league's teams have to offer. And I would, the toughest stadiums to kick in are, you know, mostly in our division. Uh, I mean, I would just say like every single one in our division and then uh, Buffalo's stadium is a really, really tough place to kick. It's those lakes is what it is. Justin, all right, last one from us. (laughs) Last one from us. You said that you did like the idea of the uprights going taller. Is there any other change you would like to make to the goalposts? Um, I've heard the idea of narrowing the goalposts and maybe that would create an advantage for some over others, but, uh, it's already tough enough to make kicks. You know what I'm saying? Like the hallmark of a true professional in any aspect of sport is they make their jobs look easy because they do them exceedingly well with a high level of consistency. Right. And I've heard people say to me before, like, Oh, you make it look easy out there. It's, it's never easy. It's just a matter of a lot of hard work coming together in a positive way. So as far as changes to the uprights, like, do we need to make it any harder? I I don't think so. Do we need to make it any easier? Absolutely not. 
I think those strange yellow uprights are perfect just the way they are. We'll we'll <laughs> take them. They're beautiful to see on the football field. And Justin, if you, I, I'm disappointed that you didn't get the shoe deal that you were hoping for, especially after all the attention Zion Williamson had when he was at Duke and he split his sneaker open uh, during a game. I feel like there would have been something like that for you. That. That was wild. Justin, we're going to work on this for you. We're going to get this done. We are. Hey, go- I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm open. I'm open to the idea. You know, maybe I could be a, maybe I could be a Jordan guy. I just, you know, I bought like my first pair of <laughs> this off season. I'm feeling like, you know, I got to keep up with the swag of this team. You know, like I'm the 31 year old dinosaur dad. It feels like just behind Sam Cook, you know, who's been, I think he's going into his 47th year in the NFL. <laughs> We, uh, yeah, I've got to keep up with all these guys, man. Like my swag has got to be taken to the next level. And maybe you guys could broker the deal with the Jordan guys. I don't know. I'm open. And I love how you go from no deal to like the best possible deal that you could have with Jordan (laughs) brand. Uh, we will work on that. Hey, Justin, appreciate the insight and the time, my friend, and, and looking forward to having another conversation with you more on the specifics of, of kicking down the road. Sounds great. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Justin. Tell me the truth, Mike. You do know more about goalposts now, right? Are you kidding me? Like the education that I just got is epic and would love to hear any kicking stories that people have, maybe their best field goal moment, their worst one, something that sort of resonates with them. You can hit us up on Twitter at Mike underscore Yam at a Kinkabwala. And of course, use that hashtag NFL explained. I will leave you with this. Have you ever kicked a field goal, Aditi? Can we save that for another episode? Okay, we totally can. I'll tell you mine because I had to do it (laughs) in Salt Lake City at a Utah football practice. I was there. They had me fielding punts one year. It became kind of like a a running joke. Uh, Kyle Whittingham, who's still their head coach, he had Dennis Erickson on his staff. And of course, Dennis is, you know, a Hall of Famer, a guy that coached the NFL a bunch of years, coached in college a bunch of years. He's talking smack to me. He said, you can't go and kick this field goal. And of course, they they literally pushed me out there. The team is circled around me, like a half circle. They set it up. My good friend, Anthony Heron with the bad snap. My really good friend, Yogi Roth with the good hold. Put it right through the uprights from 45. No, it was really from 25. But the point is, I got it through. I mean, it was a little bit of a worm burner, but it, it got through, Aditi. And that, to me, is the best field goal moment that I can possibly think of. It's elating. I, I, you know what? I feel like it didn't happen if there's not video. There is video proof and I will send you that video proof. Believe me, we got that one of it. There's enough bloopers of me that if there's something positive, I think I might even have that one on my phone because I'm going to hold on to that one forever. But uh, look, if anyone's got a cool video, I would love to see some of those. Once again, use that hashtag NFL Explain. You can follow the NFL Explain podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and always appreciate you guys taking part in our conversations and send us your questions we will do our best to answer them later guys america's most reliable network is going ultra with verizon 5g ultra wideband and more and more places with up to 10 times faster speeds you can download a movie in mere minutes what yes verizon is going ultra so you can too 5G ultra wideband available in select areas, most reliable based on rankings from the Root Metrics US Root Score Report dated first half 2021. Excluding C band and not specific to 5G networks, your results may vary. Not an endorsement. Speed comparison to median Verizon 4G LTE speeds downloads vary based on network conditions and 5G content optimization.
Brought to you by Upwork, where you can build the team that will build your business. Learn more at Upwork.com. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 